Chapter 19, A Picnic in the Sky Right, Carter, give me the mic. So I'd been to the Louvre once before on holiday, but I hadn't been chased by vicious fruit bats. I would have been terrified, except I was a bit too busy being angry with Carter. I wouldn't believe, I couldn't believe the way he treated my bird problem. Honestly, I thought I'd be a kite forever, suffocating inside a little feathery prison. And he'd have the nerve to make fun. I promised myself I'd get revenge. But for the time being, we had enough worries staying alive. We raced along in the cold rain. It was all I could do to avoid slipping on the slick pavements. I glanced back and saw two figures chasing me. Men with shaved heads and goatees and black raincoats. They might have passed for normal mortals, except they each carried a glowing staff. Not a good sign. The bats were literally at our heels. One nipped my leg, another buzzed my hair. I had to force myself to keep running. My stomach still felt queasy from eating those little pests when I was a kite. And no, that had not been my idea. Totally a a defensive instinct. Sadie, Bass called as we ran. You'll only have seconds to open the portal. Where is it? I yelled. We dashed across the Rue de Rivoli into a wide plaza surrounded by the wings of the Louvre. Bass made straight for the glass pyramid at the entrance, glowing in the dusk. You can't be serious, I said. That isn't a real pyramid. Of course it's real, Bass said. The shape gives the pyramid its power. It is a route to the heavens. The bats were all around us now, biting our arms, flying around our feet. As their numbers increased, it got harder to see or move. Carter reached for his sword, then apparently remembered it wasn't there anymore. He'd lost it at Luxor. He swore and rummaged around in his wet bag. Don't slow down, Bass warned. Carter pulled out his wand. In total frustration, he threw it at a bat. I thought this a pointless gesture, but the wand glowed white hot and thumped the bat solidly on the head, knocking it out of the air. The wind ricocheted through the swarm, thumping six, seven, eight of the little monsters before returning to Carter's hand. Not bad, I said. Keep it up. We arrived at the base of the pyramid. The plaza was thankfully empty. The last thing I wanted was my embarrassing death by fruit bats to be posted on YouTube. One minute until sundown, Bass warned. Our last chance for summoning is now. She unsheathed her knives and started slicing bats out of the air, trying to keep them away from me. Carter's wand flew wildly, knocking fruit bats every which way. I faced the pyramid and tried to think of a portal, the way I'd done at Luxor, but it was almost impossible to concentrate. Where do you wish to go? Isis asked in my mind. God, I don't care. Anywhere. America. I realized I was crying. I hated to, but... Shock and fear were starting to overwhelm me. Where did I want to go? Home, of course, back to my flat in London, back to my room, my grandparents, my mates at school, and my old life. But I couldn't. I had to think about my father and our mission. We had to get set. America, I thought, now. (coughs) My burst of emotion must have had some effect. The pyramid trembled. Its glass walls shimmered and the top of the structure began to glow. A swirling sand vortex appeared. All right. Only one problem. 
It was hovering above the very top of the pyramid. Climb, Bass said. Easy for her. She was a cat. The side is too steep, Carter objected. He'd done a good job with the bats. Dazed heaps littered the pavement. More still flew around us, biting every bit of exposed skin, and the magicians were closing in. I'll toss you, Bass said. Excuse me, Carter protested, but she picked him up by his collar and pants and tossed him up the side of the pyramid. He skidded to the top in a very undignified manner and slipped right straight through the portal. Now you, Sadie, Bass said, come on. Before I could move, a man's voice yelled, stop. Stupidly, I froze. The voice was so powerful it was hard not to. The two magicians were approaching. The taller one spoke in perfect English. Surrender, Miss Kane, and return our master's property. Sadie, don't listen, Bass warned. Come here. The cat goddess deceives you, the magician said. She abandoned her post. She endangered us all. She will lead you to ruin. I could tell he meant it. He was absolutely convinced of what he'd said. I turned to Bast. Her expression had changed. She looked wounded, even grief-stricken. What does he mean? I said. What did you do wrong? We have to leave, she warned, or they will kill us. I looked at the portal. Carter was already through. That decided it. I wasn't going to be separated from him. As annoying as he was, Carter was the only person I had left. How's that for depressing? Toss me, I said. Bass grabbed me. See you in America. Then she chucked me up the side of the pyramid. I heard the magician roar, surrender, and an explosion rattled the glass near my head. Then I plunged into the hot vortex of sand. I woke in a small room with industrial carpeting, grey walls, and a metal-framed window. I felt as if I were inside a high-tech refrigerator. I sat up groggily and discovered I was coated in cold, wet sand. Ugh, I said, where are we? Carter and Bass stood by the window. Apparently, they'd been conscious for a while because they both brushed themselves off. You've got to see this view, Carter said. I got shakily to my feet and nearly fell down again when I saw how high we were. An entire city spread out below us. I mean, far below. Well, over a hundred meters. I could almost believe we were still in Paris because a river curved off to the left and the land was mostly flat. There were white government buildings clustered around networks of parks and circular roads, all spread out under a winter sky. But the light was wrong. It was still afternoon here, so we must have travelled west. And as my eyes made their way to the other end of a long rectangular green space, I, find, I found myself staring at a mansion that looked oddly familiar. Is that the White House? Carter nodded. You got us to America, all right. Washington, D.C. But we're sky high, Bass chuckled. You didn't specify any particular American city, did you? Well, no. So you got the default portal for the U.S., the largest single source of Egyptian power in North America. I stared at her uncomprehendingly. The biggest obelisk ever constructed, she said. The Washington Monument. I had another moment of vertigo and moved away from the window. 
Father grabbed my shoulder and helped me sit down. You should rest, he said. You passed out for how long, Bast? Two hours and thirty-two minutes, she said. I'm sorry, Sadie. Opening more than one portal a day is extremely taxing, even with Isis's help. Carter frowned. But we needed to do it again, right? It's not sunset here yet. We could still use portals. Let's open one and get to Arizona. That's where Set is. Bass pursed her lips. Sadie can't summon another portal. It would overextend her powers. I don't have the talent. And you, Carter, well, your abilities lies elsewhere. No offense. Oh, no, we grumbled. I'm sure you'll call me next time you need to boomerang some fruit bats. Besides, Bass said, when a portal is used, it needs time to cool down. No one will be able to use the Washington Monument for another 12 hours. Carter cursed. I forgot about that. Bass nodded. And by then, the demon days will have begun. So we need another way to Arizona, Carter said. I suppose he didn't mean to make me feel guilty, but it did. I hadn't thought things through, and now we're stuck in Washington. I glanced at Bast out of the corner of my eye. I wanted to ask her what she meant, what the men at the Louvre had meant about her leading us to ruin, but I was afraid to. I wanted to believe she was on our side. Perhaps if I gave her a chance, she'd volunteer the information. At least those magicians can't follow us. I prompted. Bast hesitated. Not through the portal, no. There are other magicians in America. And worse, sets minions. My heart climbed into my throat. The House of Life was scary enough. But when I remembered Set and what his minions had done to Amos's house. What about Thoth's spell book? I said. Did we at least find a way to fight Set? Carter pointed to the corner of the room. Spread out on Bast's raincoat was Dad's magic toolbox and the blue book we'd stolen from Des Jardins. Maybe you can make sense of it, Carter said. Bast and I couldn't read it. Even Doughboy was stumped. I picked up the book, which was actually a fool, scrawled it into sections. The papyrus was so brittle I was afraid to touch it. Hieroglyphs and illustrations crowded the page, but I couldn't make sense of them. My ability to read the language seemed to be switched off. Isis, I asked, a little help. Her voice was silent. Maybe I'd worn her out. Maybe she was cross with me for not letting her take over my body. The way Horace had asked Carter to do. Selfish of me, I know. I closed the book in frustration. All that work for nothing. Now, now, Bass said, it's not so bad. Right, I said, we're stuck in Washington, D.C. We have two days to make it to Arizona and stop a god we don't know how to stop. And if we can't, we'll never see our dad or Amos again and the world might end. That's the spirit, Bess said brightly. Now let's have a picnic. She snapped her fingers. The air shimmered and a pile of Friskies cans and two jugs of milk appeared on the carpet. Um, Carter said, can you conjure any people food? Boss blinked. Well, no accounting for taste. They asked him it again. A plate of grilled cheese sandwiches and crisps appeared, along with a six-pack of Coke. Yum, I said. Connor muttered something under his breath. I suppose grilled cheese wasn't his favourite, but he picked up a sandwich. 
We should leave soon, he said between bites. I mean, tourists and all. Bass shook her head. The Washington Monument closes at six o'clock. The tourists are gone now. We might as well stay the night. If we travel during the demon days, best to do it in daylight hours. We must have all been exhausted because we didn't talk again until we'd finished our food. I ate three sandwiches and drank two Cokes. Bass made the whole place smell like fish friskies, then started licking her hand as if preparing for a cat bath. Could you not do that? I asked. It's disturbing. Oh, she smiled. Sorry. I closed my eyes and leaned against the wall. It felt good to rest, but I realized the room wasn't actually quiet. The entire building seemed to be humming ever so slightly, sending a tremble through my skull that made my teeth buzz. I opened my eyes and sat up. I could still feel it. What is that? I asked. The wind? Magic energy, Bass said. I told you, this is a powerful monument. But it's modern, like the Louvre pyramid. Why is it magic? The ancient Egyptians were excellent builders, Sadie. They picked shapes, obelisk pyramids, that were charged with symbolic magic. An obelisk represents a sunbeam frozen in stone. A life-giving ray from the original king of the gods, Ra. It doesn't matter when the structure was built. It is still Egyptian. That's why any obelisk can be used for opening gates to the duot, or releasing great beings of power. Or trapping them, I said, the way you were trapped in Cleopatra's needle. Her expression darkened. I wasn't actually trapped in the obelisk. My prison was a magically created abyss deep in the duot, and the obelisk was the door your parents used to release me. But yes, all symbols of Egypt are, const- are concentrated nodes of magic power, so an obelisk can definitely be used to imprison gods. An idea was nagging at the back of my mind, but I couldn't quite pin it down. Something about my mother and Cleopatra's needle my father's last promise in the British Museum. I'll put things right. Then I thought about the Louvre and the comet the magician had made. Bass looked so cross at the moment I was almost afraid to ask. But it was the only way I'd get an answer. The magician said you abandoned your post. What did he mean? Carter frowned. When was this? I told them what had happened after Bass chucked him through the portal. Bass stacked her empty friskies can. She didn't look eager to reply. When I was imprisoned, she said at last, I I wasn't alone. I was locked inside with a creature of chaos. Is that bad? I asked. Judging from Bass's expression, the answer was yes. Magicians often do this, lock a guard up together with a monster, so we have no time to try escaping our prison. For eons I fought this monster... When your parents released me, the monster got out. Bass hesitated a little too long for my taste. No, my enemy couldn't have escaped. She took a deep breath. Your mother's final act of magic sealed that gate. The enemy was still inside, but that's what the magician meant. As far as he was concerned, my post was battling that monster forever. I had the ring of truth, as if she were sharing a painful memory, 
but it didn't explain the other bit the magician had said. She endangered us all. I was getting up the nerve to ask exactly what the monster had been when Bath stood up. I should go, Scout, she said abruptly. I'll be back. We listened to her footsteps echo down the stairwell. She's hiding something, Carla said. Worked that out yourself, did you? I asked. He looked away, and immediately I felt bad. I'm sorry, I said. It's just, what are we going to do? Rescue Dad. What else can we do? He picked up his wand and turned it in his fingers. Do you think he really meant to, you know, bring Mum back? I wanted to say yes, more than anything. I wanted to believe that was possible. But I found myself shaking my head. Something about it didn't seem right. Escander told me something about Mum, I said. She was a diviner. She could see the future. He said she made him rethink some old ideas. It was my first chance to tell Carter about my conversation with the old magician, so I gave him the details. Carter knit his eyebrows. You think that has something to do with why Mum died? She saw something in the future. I don't know. I tried to think back to when I was six, but my memory was frustratingly fuzzy. When they took us to England the last time, did she and Dad seem like they were in a hurry? Like they were doing something really important? Definitely. Would you say Frank Bass was really important? I mean, I love her, of course, but was dying for important? Carter hesitated. Probably not. Well, there you are. I think Mum and Dad are up to something bigger, something they didn't complete. Possibly that that's what Dad was after at the British Museum, completing the task, whatever it was, making things right. And this whole business about our family going back a billion years to some God-hosting pharaohs. What didn't anyone tell us? Why didn't Dad? Carter didn't answer for a long time. Maybe Dad was protecting us, he said. The House of Life doesn't trust our family, especially after what Dad and Mom did. Amos said we were raised apart for a reason, so we wouldn't, like, trigger each other's magic. Bloody awful reason to keep us apart, I muttered. Carter looked at me strangely, and I realised what I had said may have been construed as a compliment. I just mean they should have been honest, I rushed on. Not that I wanted more time with my northern annoying brother, of course. He nodded seriously. Of course. We sat listening to the magic hum of the obelisk. I tried to remember the last time Carter and I had simply spent time together, talking. It's your, um, I tapped the side of my head, your friend being any help. Not much, he admitted. Yours? I shook my head. Carter, are you scared? A little. He dug his wand into the carpet. No, a lot. I looked at the blue book we'd stolen. Pages full of wonderful secrets I couldn't read. What if we can't do it? I don't know, he said. That book about mastering the elements of cheese would have been more helpful. Or summoning fruit bats. Please, not the fruit bats. We shared a weary smile, but it felt rather good. But it changed nothing. We were still in serious trouble with no clear plan. But don't you sleep on it? He suggested. 
You used a lot of energy today. I'll keep watch until Basket's back. He actually sounded concerned for me. How cute. I didn't want to sleep. I didn't want to miss anything. But I realised my eyelids were incredibly heavy. All right, then, I said. Don't let the bed bugs bite. I lay down to sleep, but my soul, my bar, had other ideas.